gather around the lamp and Aston Villa podcast. If at first you don't succeed, come back next year and try again. Aston Villa celebrates the pleasure of promotion to the Premier League. Well, as soon as Jack Grealish was made captain, the script was written. Him lifting the Championship trophy, getting his boyhood club to the Premier League. He will always be Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Hello and welcome back to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. As always, I'm Regan, you can find me on Twitter at FineFoy, and I'm joined once more by Mark. Hello everybody, it's Mark Jarebi here. You can find me on Twitter at VillaMarkPGH. There's been a little bit of uh, things to discuss since the last time we talked. It feels like it's been long, but it, it really isn't in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, a lot happens in the space of a week. Um... Firstly, I'd like to I'd like to highlight that it's uh, as we record our second year anniversary, uh, not mine and Mark's under a gaslit lamps. Uh, we've been going for two years today, um, so we'd just like to give a little shout out to you guys, the listeners, the readers, the people that support us. Because you know, if you didn't support us, you know, the these things wouldn't exist because we'd have given up a long time ago. Yeah, I can't say enough about it, really, the support that we've had and the people we've made friendships with and, you know, different things like uh, getting the media pass in Minnesota. I mean, we've interviewed Peter with there's so many bright spots that have happened and not so many negative ones. Uh, I just I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who, who reads our articles, not only just mine and Regan's. We're, we're surrounded by a really, really great team. Uh, just th- thank you so much and, and, and continue to listen. We're, get, we're trying to get better all the time. We're trying to push out new content, new ideas all the time. So thank you so much, everybody out there that listens and reads. It means a lot to me and Regan both. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's let's get into the Villa stuff. You know, the, the, it's a Villa podcast. Enough about us. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, but let's let's start with uh, Douglas Louise. Since, since the last time that we recorded... Uh, Douglas Louise has been announced by the club. Um, as far as we're aware, he's still awaiting a work permit. But you know, it's it's a really good signing and something that that fans were really eager to see. Yeah, I, I, the more research I do on Douglas Louise, and the more I'm hearing about it from some of my friends over here stateside that are really into La Liga. Um, it, it is a really popular league over here. Um, you know, I mean the premise too, but La Liga. There's a lot of people that that watch that as well, and they're saying that this is a really, really good capture for Villa. Uh, not only for the simple fact of just having more depth, more depth in the central defensive mid areas, but you're talking more about getting a character that that has the ability and shows a passion, and he's never really showed that passion, even though he was just on loan last year in La Liga for. Uh, Girona. So I think this is a really good capture. And um, Regan, I remember I asked you a couple days ago, do you, do you think this is uh, kind of filling in the gap a little bit left behind from uh, Mila Yedinak being released? So I, I, I'd be curious to how you feel about that as far as like a hard man role. I, I, I think that that's why they're bringing him in for that because he has the ability to be that. But w- what do you feel? Uh, firstly, I'd have to see how tall he is. From what I've seen, he looks quite tall. Um, but yeah, we, we do need that kind of a uh midfield imposer that that Mila Yednak's kind of leaving behind in his in his absence um so I do think that Luis could perhaps take that mantle on but obviously he's a more he's a more technical player 
Yeah, he's got absolutely great ball skills. I mean, he can ping them all over the park from from a you know a midfield area, and it's not only just like a lofty ball, you know, over top of a defense, you know, to split them wide open or anything like that. Even his short passes, they're really inventive, and they're, they're you know he he's always looking around the pitch. He's always trying to figure out a way. He's he's a real tactician, to be honest, from what I've seen of him and the things that I've gathered from him. So I think that Villa definitely lacked in that part of the field in case that Dean Smith wants to play a formation that has a central defensive mid. Um, you're probably going to see that now with Louise and some of the other players like we've been linked with or brought in um I I, I feel that you know Louise might take some time off of Horhane you know depending on who we play but that's okay for me like I'm I'm all right with if if Connor's not getting as much game time as last year because we're being more defensively responsible but I, it's probably not a popular opinion but I mean you you need that in the prem I don't I I still don't have the opinion that Villa's just going to walk all over every single person every single game on and end up lifting the trophy at the end of the season so you're going to need a little bit more uh, defensively responsible players that you know ha- have experience in in that area of the pitch and you know it's it's just like every other side we made let's Let's hope that it uh, translates to the Premier League. Well, you know, f- football's a squad game. Um, you- you're going to have times during the season where Horihan's not getting as much game time as you might have expected him to. But, you know, the same could be said for someone like Al Ghazi or um, James Chester or anyone like that. You know, there's going to be players that you're thinking, why aren't they playing? But, you know, it's a it's a squad game. It's a long season. And we've, we've now got such a, a depthy squad that we can, you know, afford to to, to mix and match with our, our first 11s. Obviously, you know, if the things are going well, we're going to stick with a similar first 11 each time. But other than that, you know, you, you really want to to see the miss the, the mix match um, in the squad, so that so that we can get a hold of one what our best 11 is, and two, uh, which players are actually you know um, better suited to the Premier League. Um, but Douglas Luis, uh, in his Aston Villa social media announcement, uh, said, I hope I can be a leader. I hope I can help by bringing the ball out from the back. And although I don't speak a lot of English, I hope I can help out by shouting orders from the back and live up to all the expectations as best as I can. Uh, what, what do you make of that, Mark? I love that, and I think that's what you need, and that kind of what makes me feel that he might be brought in to be more of an imposing figure in the midfield, someone who's actually going to, you know, like he said, be able to shout orders and have the ability, like the vision on the field. Some players in that position for, for central defensive mids, that's not their strongest point. And yes, in the Premier League, you're going to see a lot of players that that is their strongest point, but for Villa, I don't really think we've had an imposing central defensive mid that, that was, you know, I mean, Mila Jednak was, was, did a lot of great things when he was at Villa. Um, it, we got him a little bit past his, his date of being in his prime. Um, he did lose a lot of pace. Uh, he, he was awesome aerial presence. And Villa definitely needed that with, with him and, and Glenn Whelan leaving. You're going to need a, a, somebody who's able to have that kind of passing ability and have the kind of defensive awareness. There's going to be growing pains all throughout the squad no matter what. Um, just like you touched on, like, you know, it's it'll be a little rare to see a, a stock starting 11 unless everybody in that 11 kicks off absolutely wonderfully. Uh, that that's, that's the big hope. And it's not to speak negatively about Villa or the players they brought in, but there, there almost is a signal to a little bit of a growing pains happen and see who the who the players are who are you know going to play in different situations, different hostile atmospheres. Uh, teams line up all kind of crazy different ways in the Premier League. It's not it's not like how it was 15, 20 years ago where it's four four two or four two three one. There's teams doing a lot of inventive things out there on the pitch, and I think a player like Douglas Louise is definitely going to help Villa out. 
for me, I think, you know, we've spoke about how he could replicate uh, Mili Adenak's role in the team. But for me, I think I think he's going to be a mixture of uh, of two players. One, Mili Adenak, and two, uh, young Gareth Barry. For some reason, just I, I can see him dictating the midfield like that. Yeah, I I think that's a fair shout. Um, I I don't think that that's a, a crazy comparison whatsoever. I mean, from when I seen him, I just got done less than twenty four hours ago. I was watching. Uh, there's a clip on YouTube somewhere of him playing against Barcelona, and it's I, it's every touch that he had through the entire game against Barcelona, and he looked like an absolute world beater. And I'm not, you know, and not only just in the defensive aspects, he can get balls forward. He can find guys that are in space, and sometimes he can even ping balls to people that it looks like there's no way that ball's landing at the feet of the player he's passing it to. Douglas Louise, at least. You know, in that clip and other clips I've seen, that looks like that's just something that's common for him. That it's it doesn't look it's effortless almost. And if he can bring that to the Premier League and the Aston Villa, and he's able to do these things on a, even a semi-consistent basis, it's a win for Villa. Like that, th- this signing, I think it, it's not really. I don't think people are overplaying it, but I think it's getting a little bit under. Like, oh, we really don't know what he's going to do. You know, he's coming from City. They had, you know, they loaned him out for a reason, and this and that. And then you talk about the work permit issues and things of that nature. I. I really, really do believe that if he kicks off and he's able to translate to the Premier League, Villa's going to have one hell of a player on their hands here. Yeah, and obviously Man City have got a buyback clause, but you know if if they do buy him back, it means that he was a successful purchase for Villa, and that you know that's the be all and end all there. Um, but let's let's move away from Douglas Luiz, uh, but stay on defensive midfielders. There's there's two players that are potentially incoming this week. Um, one of which is Marvellous Nakamba, the Zimbabwean uh, international. Um, Rumours of him joining have, have not gone away through the entire window, really. Um, within the last week or so, after after around a month and a bit of uh, speculation, it was revealed that uh, Aston Villa had a, a, a bid accepted and that Nakamba would be uh, arriving at the club for a medical. The medical was believed to be on Monday, Um but you know, should, should Nakamba sign, he he's the, uh, the the rotation option for defensive midfield, which allows then Horihan to move further up the pitch when he is playing. Yeah, and that that's pretty much the idea that I'm getting from this signing. Um, I I'm it's to the point now that I'm sick of hearing about marvelous Nakamba possibly coming to the Villa. It's just the fact of like I've actually started in my speech in everyday life of oh how you doing, Mark? Marvelous. It's it's one of those things where like I just wish they would get this would get in the door. Now the pageantry aside, I think marvelous Nakamba is a really good uh, option. He's coming from Club Bruges. Uh, he's I, the, the statistics that, that I know about it, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I've watched him play every game for the past years and years. I don't know much about him at all. I only know about it from statistic base. Um, from the article that Regan put out about Nakamba, uh, across 1,575 minutes of football last term, Nakamba offered a pass success rate, stood strong at 87.2%. That is something Villa is going to need with the players they have, with the skill sets of the players around them. Yes, he might just be a rotational option uh, for you know Douglas Louise that we were just talking about, or maybe he gets thrown into the fray whenever they need a little bit more strength pushed up a little bit farther in midfield. But I think this could be a good signing. Again, I don't know much about him. Do you know? Do you know maybe maybe more about me about about Nakamba? Um, well, firstly, you, you mentioned the the eighty seven point two percent. 
I think that's something that's been similar across all of our signings, really, is that they're all adept at passing. The, you know, the centre-backs, the wingers, the midfielders, the forwards, all have relatively high pass success rates. So that's something, you know, that, that Dean Smith wants to wants to echo. Uh, he, he wants good passing. And he said in in uh, in his arrival, you know, that there are teams in the UK that he wants to kind of replicate, whether that's Manchester City or Liverpool. Both teams are very good at passing, and you know, if if Villa can you know string good passes together, it's going to be more likely that you know we're, we're going to go to um, you know an away game or perform at home and and come away with points in the Premier League. Um, I totally agree. And another thing, other outside of just the passing statistics that you're talking about with Dean Smith, the key passes are another thing. Like it, it seems like almost every player we brought in has a crazy amount of key key passes. It's either the top five or top eight. It seems all these players we're bringing in, their key passes are insane. It's a beautiful thing, and that's that speaks toward the the Dean Smith style of football. I love it. Um, but yeah, in terms of Nakamba, the, the thing that really stood out for me was that. Um, He's he's really adept at progressing the ball up the pitch. He's um, I can't remember the exact uh, metrics, but when I was doing a bit of research on him, he uh, I think it was double or triple the amount uh, passes forward rather than back when he has the ball in defensive midfield. Um, so you know he's not afraid to play it back to his goalkeeper or defenders, but he would much rather progress it up the pitch rather than leave his teammates in a precarious position. Yeah, that's going to be a big thing. I mean, that's that's going to be how how we're going to want to play, especially with center backs behind him that are known to ping balls forward as well. You know, you talk about you know central defensive midfields will stand right behind him. Probably one of the better ball playing center backs that Villa's seen in a long time, and Tyrone Mings. So even the event that he is turning around and, and kicking it back to his center backs or his fullbacks, eventually it's just going to get rotated right back around and it's going to get played up the field. That's that's the positivity of you know that you talk about the difference in regimes between. The, just the fundamental differences between Steve Bruce and Dean Smith. Steve Bruce would never look at a player like Marvelous Nakamba. Never. Ne- never would. And I'm not saying it's just Dean Smith. We know, you know, Suso's behind the scenes. They got a scouting, you know, an array of scouts all over, all over the globe that are looking in the players. But just, just fundamentally, like, Dean Smith looks to go forward. Steve Bruce seemed like he was okay with just controlling the midfield and maybe hoping for a counterattack. It's old world football and comparing new world football. I love the fact that Villa are bringing in players that want to move the ball forward. It's not a thing of, okay, we're just going to play this slower tempo of football. And like if an opportunity presents itself, maybe one of the players will, you know, find a key pass to unlock a defense. This with Nakamba and Louise and, you know, other players that we've signed on the flanks, you have to have that going forward mentality and it, it might not always come off, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun as hell to watch. I really think so. Um, I think the, the, the big one for me though, of, of the, the two impending arrivals that were previously mentioned is, uh, is Tom Heaton, Burnley goalkeeper, Tom Heaton, um, reported this morning, actually by, uh, everyone's favorite telegraph reporter, John Percy, um, the 33-year-old is set to join for a fee believed to be around £8 million for £500,000 in add-ons. Um, it's, it's split opinion a bit. You know, people... Obviously, we, we've had Jack Butland mentioned this uh, this summer, and people are really kind of clamouring for Jack because they think that, the, you know, the, goalkeep, the goalkeeping berth will be filled for the next 10 years with Butland in goal. Um but I think Heaton really can offer much more than Butland in retrospect. 
Um, you know, he's more experienced. I think he's performed more times for England. That's off the top of my head, though. It might it might be incorrect. Um, but Jed Steer's just been awarded a really lengthy contract. If we sign Heaton on a three to four year deal that'll keep him at the club for you know until he's thirty six, thirty seven, he can take Jed Steer by the scruff of the neck and teach him what it is to be a Premier League goalkeeper. Um, and you know that, that that can't be kind of uh, underestimated. Look at the likes. Obviously, Joe Hart has struggled wherever he's been in the last couple of years. But look at Nick Pope. Look at Nick. How Nick Pope's come along, being uh, Heaton's understudy. Yeah, I mean, th- with with Heaton coming in the door, I don't think that th- it seems like it really is split down the middle with what I'm seeing from from Villa supporters on social media. It's seeing on one thing, hey, it's good to get an experienced goalkeeper in. A lot of the goalkeepers we have don't have a lot of experience, and they're look to you know they need to look to a, a veteran. You know, Mark Bunn has been released. The Mark Bunn era of being the best chauffeur in Aston Villa's tenure is now over. There's nothing wrong with Mark Bunn. He's a hell of a, hell of a person. He really is. But, you know, it was probably time that, you know, Villa, you know, released him. And then you're going to have to bring someone else with experience and who's going to, able, like you said, take players from the scruff of their neck. Um, the, another big thing about this being a good signing is Burnley supporters don't seem very happy with this. And and none of them are claiming that, that Heaton is this wonderful, amazing goalkeeper. But he's performed well for them. And he's, he's club captain. So, you know... Burnley sees Aston Villa as a relegation rival, and whether Villa fans know that or care about that at all, it, you know, it's neither here nor there. But they're upset about the fact that losing him to a rival, and he had some really good performances against some of the better teams last year in the Premier League. I, I don't think a lot of people are talking about that. I, I think he was in goal for, I think he beat Wolves and uh, what drew against Spurs, or, you know, there's, there's things that happen with Heaton that. It, bringing him into the club, especially with the absolute panoply of goalkeepers we have, it can't be a bad thing. And like you said, if he comes in on a three or four year deal, he's going to get on a little bit. You know, that, that's the kind of the prime you know age for a goalkeeper. But he's going to get on a little bit. You know, Jed Steer's still going to be here, and he can help Jed Steer out, or even Orion Island, he can help him out as well. Um, so I, I think that. Heaton might be the answer right now. I don't think Heaton's the answer two to three years from now, but he could hang around the club and he he could be in a capacity to not only help out the goalkeeping coaching staff, but also help out the goalkeepers, you know, just personally and even professionally, just, you know, showing them some things, working on stuff. I mean, he's like you said, he's, he's 33 now. He's he's pretty much seen what football has to offer in, in terms, terms of the good and the bad. I want a goalkeeper like that at Villa. Um, just to correct you, uh, Burnley beat Spurs two one, um, and the uh, I think I think it was uh, a game. I can't remember which games it was. I think I highlighted it in an article earlier. Uh, Bournemouth, Wolves, and Spurs, and in those games, the amount of shots on goal and the shots that he saved. Um, if he had not have saved some of those shots, then Burnley would have come away with no points rather than the uh, six points that they did from those three aforementioned games. Uh, so, no, sorry, nine points that they did from those uh, three aforementioned games. So, you know, he, he, he's, he's performed on, uh, you know, a big stage against the likes of Spurs. Um, but the, the the key thing is for me, is Villa have a really good track record with veteran goalkeepers. We signed Brad Friedel when he was 37, I don't know how old Schmeichel was when we signed Schmeichel, but you know that we've we've invested in these veteran keepers and they've paid off. So I, really, I've got my fingers crossed that Heaton's going to join that club of old but gold goalkeepers. 
Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I have I have no complaints about it. I'm. It's a cheaper. It's a hell of a cheaper option than uh than Butlin would have been. And then uh, who's the other goalkeeper we were linked with last week? Perrin, the Italian goalkeeper. So you know that those were gonna those are gonna cost a little bit of money. And I think for what Villa's looking at right now to do, I think bringing in Heaton is a really good signing. And but people were upset about the eight million pounds for a thirty three year old keeper. But I think you're getting a lot more than just a run of the mill. 33-year-old keeper from Burnley. I think you're getting a lot of the intangibles that we talked about that you can't really put a price tag on or a value on, and I, I love to see those kind of moves when it comes to football clubs, and especially you know with Villa. I, I love to see smart moves, and not only just smart financially, but also smart as far as backroom staffing, camaraderie, teamwork, being able to help out younger players in the same position. It, it's, it's a lot to think about other than just the price tag. So for £8 million with 500k in add-ons, I I don't think that's a bad shout at all, especially, like I said, with the reaction from the Burnley supporters wishing that, that he wasn't going to go. Yeah, I mean, the, the key reaction for me from Burnley fans was that I, I saw one this morning, uh, God knows what time, uh, early morning, just after 8 o'clock, I believe, and someone literally said that he will win the club points on his own. Um, they said that he, he won Burnley nine points and then some last season in the uh, 19 games that he played in for them. So, you know, that, that's that's key. You know, if if Villa are having an off day and Heaton's there having the game of his life and he gets us a point or he gets us three points, you know, that, that really can't be underestimated. Right, and then as soon as that happens, everybody forgets about the price tag. And that that's how quick that'll be dismissed as being a worry that's ever happened. If, you know, if... Let's say, you know, there's an injury or a suspension or a couple of the players, like you said, just aren't having a great day. They just can't get the ball up the field for whatever reason. And we just should happen to play Liverpool and we have a zero zero all nil draw against Liverpool. And Tom Heaton's the one who's, who's saving all these crazy, crazy amounts of shots. No one's going to care about how much it costs to get this man in the door. And then they're probably going to be saying, oh, we ripped Burnley off. Look, we got a world class 33 going on 34 year old keeper. That could happen. You never know. Like I said, he's getting big, big, massive praise from the Burnley supporters. So I, th- I think Heaton is is definitely someone to get in the door. I really hope that it happens. Villa definitely need one. But I mean, what do you do with all these goalkeepers now? Who do you think? Do you think Kalinic is on his way out now? Yeah, I would think Kalinic is going to be the one to leave. Um, fr- from what I've, from what I know, from what I've been told, uh, Oya Nealon's actually quite highly rated. Um, so I think he'll be the third choice option. Jed, second choice, Heat and first choice, and I think Kalinich will probably depart. Uh, whether that is, you know, in a in a sale loan, uh, or wh- or whether it's, um, you know, as as a, as a part uh, a part of a transfer, we don't know. Um, but I, I would expect Kalinich to go. There was a load of rumours that he was homesick. Uh, there's a load of rumours that he, he doesn't he seem quite happy. Uh, from from what I've seen on social media, from players' Instagrams and stuff like that, uh, he looks all right. You know. He, but you know, people people put on a happy face um, when they're in the friends, and you know, if he is homesick, if he doesn't want to be here, then I think he'll be the one to go. Yeah, and that's that's what I keep hearing is that he just never really gelled, he never really settled in uh, the way that he would have preferred. And you know, I I have no ill will feelings about it. Like if he wants to go, 
just i mean we're probably going to take a little bit of a loss on it i don't i don't but I, at this point in time that doesn't matter with with the bankroll that villa's bringing i mean it's sad to see a player of his caliber you know come to a club and it never really came off for him i i do feel bad about that but um i i guess in that kind of degree there's no time for for sediments there's no time to to be for niceties about it like if he's going to go like we should make sure that it's a move that not only the player wants but the club's okay with um, so I don't think the financials, I don't think Villa's going to hold anybody at ransom for, for Lavery Kalanich's signature whatsoever. But, um, yeah, if Heaton comes in, I, I would think Kalanich is on his way out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, if Heaton's, you know, from, from what's been said, I think he's due to sign within the next 48 hours. Um, but I don't think we'll see him in, uh, in Leipzig. Uh, we might not even see him first game of the season. Who knows? But you know, at the same time, he has been having a bit of a preseason with with Burnley. I know he played forty five minutes the other night against uh, OGC Nice, I think. Um, but let let's we, we've just mentioned Leipzig, but let's let's rewind a bit. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Charlton. Um, Villa ran out four one victors against Charlton. Obviously, lesser opposition there, recently promoted to the Championship. Um, but the the first thirty or so minutes were were drab in in my opinion. You know, it, the the only real chance was a, a Horahan free kick, and that flew over the bar. Um, and nothing really happened until El Ghazi scored just before half time. Yeah, it was it was a drab first thirty minutes. I mean, it it looked more like the um the fitness test that everyone says that preseason is. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of that. Villa sco- scored a lot of goals in the preseason. We all know it means absolutely nothing. And you know, if they win every preseason game or lose every preseason game, it, it really really doesn't matter until you get to the big time and the big you know the big league that you're we're playing in. Um, yeah, the the it was it was just a really really strange match up until you know Al Ghazi scored. It was a great team build up. I absolutely love it uh, i wrote about it this past week i think el ghazi knows that th- this is the biggest stage for him so far in his career and he's played other places don't get me wrong he's played for a lot for some other you know big time clubs um you know especially coming out of the ajax academy and whatnot but um i i do think that you're going to see something out of anwar el ghazi this season that people are really not prepared for i'm not saying he's going to put in 25 goals and 16 assists or anything of that nature but i think that he's starting to become refined when it comes to the English game and it's not easy to do some players are able to do it quicker than others, but it's still not easy. No matter what I, I think that El Ghazi, if he, he keeps his wits about him and he continues to be defensively responsible, that was my biggest knock on him all last season is he just, he wouldn't track back. Uh, we saw that a lot through, through the winning streak of, of last season in the championship. And I think that it, that he's smart enough and the coaching staff's on him enough to know that he has to keep that up. So I, I think El Ghazi is going to be someone to definitely look out for this coming season. But yeah, the Charlton game, the, the, the opening 45 wasn't great. But I mean, we had a couple other scores, though, as well in the game. Yeah, um, Andre Green bags his first goal of preseason. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on Andre? Do you think he's going to be a rotation option this season or do you think he's going to leave on loan? Obviously, we've we've got uh, three first-team wingers in El Ghazi, Trezeguet and uh, Hotter. You know, could 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 Andre stay around and be a rotation option? My heart tells me that you need him around because he can play on the left and the right. Um, my head tells me that he goes out on loan. I'm hoping that my heart's right. I, I think that you know we do have depth in the wide areas now. Is, is but for me, I I don't know. It's 
is it coming up on make or break time for Andre Green yet? I think he needs to be around the club. I think I think he just needs that show of faith from the coaching staff that that he can stay here and he has a part to play. And I do think he has a part to play. Um, it's just it's rough seeing him get criticism sometimes online and and from other supporters about you know he does, his crosses don't come off the best or he'll beat a man but then the cross is poor or he'll he won't be able to beat a man he doesn't track back defensively i still think he has a lot to learn he's still 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 pretty young um i would like him to stick around just for basically as a backup option and uh, he might not be okay with that he might want game time um but i think that for his maturation process to be able to grow up a little bit and be able to be around this kind of atmosphere i think he needs to stay with villa for this season I, the 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 one thing I really don't get is, you know, people people are entitled to their opinions, but I don't understand why why so many fans feel the need to jump onto social media, tag a player and say you're shit, you're not good enough for this club, blah blah blah. R- regardless, I, I hate of, I hate to see that. I really do. It it makes me so pissed off. I don't don't tag the player. If you got something to say, just just say it. Just tweet it. Don't tag the player. These are human beings. There's there's sometimes football supporters get so pent up in their own aggression and, and just own feelings and opinions that that they want to just they tag a player and basically berate him on on a public forum. Like that's that's public. You're not sending them a, a direct message. It's public. People can see that. It's it's not a good look on the person. The player obviously doesn't want it. I don't. That's like one thing that like completely shatters my coolness is watching supporters tag players and say you're not good enough and i've seen it with andre green i'll be honest i've seen it with andre green more than any other villa player that we have on the roster right now but you know the, the thing is for me is if he's getting game time granted it's preseason, if he's getting game time dean smith rates him enough to play him so you should accept that as a supporter you know what I mean? Like, there's there's no reason for you to be sitting there saying he needs to go alone, he needs to leave the club, sell him, blah blah blah, because no player deserves to to have to read that. Even if he's not being tagged, you know, players still see these things. We know that we've had players and staff read our articles. We know that player players and staff have have seen other Villa community content creators. And we know that 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 people can take things to heart, and it must be so tough for Andre at the moment because, in his head, he's probably questioning whether he's good enough. But to have his own fans, and it, it, it's worse because, because Aston Villa, are his you know his boyhood club, and just just think of that you know you're playing for your boyhood club, but the fans, what one of which you are. The fans are just constantly on your back saying you're you're not good enough. You know he he needs the support of the fans rather than the berating of the fans. I'm pretty sure Jack Grealish got berated uh, when when he was a bit younger, and look at him now. Right, and with with the case of Andre Green, I always find it funny that you you see you know the people aren't happy with his performances, but then when he scores. He's one of our own. Andre Green, he's one of our own. Well, if he's one of your own, then you support him in the good times and the bad times. And that never made sense to me in, in, in the case of Andre Green. If he's one of our own, and you know this, you know he's Aston Villa through and through. He might not be the best Aston Villa you know, through and through player we've ever seen to this point in time, but you got to get behind him. You, you, you got you to give him support. You're a supporter. That's your job is to support these players. And yeah, again, just like you said, you're entitled to your opinions. You cannot like him for whatever reasons. You can love him for other reasons. You're entitled to that. There's nothing wrong with that. But you you can't 
constantly be slagging off a player and then as soon as they score a goal or they make a nice pass or you know they're tracking back and put in a nice tackle whatever it may be you can't start screaming he's one of your own like it, it doesn't make sense to me and I know the traveling Villa faithful they're at the Charlottesen game they get behind the team no matter what we, we, we've we've seen it time and time again unless you know it's bad enough to you know previous regimes and previous players and things of that nature they, they had all, all right to be upset but just in the case of Andre Green just a singular player I'd love to see him get more support uh, it's you know if you want him to play I, again I don't know what's going to happen this season but like I like watching him play you know I have I've bought a kit with it with his name on the back of it I really do believe in him I think he, he could go far but it's he's not going to go far and he's not going to do it on other people's terms it's got to be on his own so I don't know I, I I'm ranting a bit here but it's just you, you gotta you gotta support your players especially your homegrown talent that that the club is close to their heart I just it, it, it breaks me to see when he gets he gets mugged off basically for for like over hitting a cross like we I've, i see Grealish do that all the time like you know I've, I've seen other players that are held in high regard do that all the time i i just i hope he gets more support i hope he has a great season whether it's at villa or whether it's on loan yeah we i think we both had a bit of a rant there so let's let's get back to the uh the charleston <laughs> game um so yeah. the the other two the other two goals came from john mcginn um John McGinn, uh, his first goal was 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 pretty good. You know, he found himself in acres of space, shot from outside the box on his left foot, and it crept under the keeper and into the back of the net. Um, but it was his second goal that really uh, got got Villa fans' mouths watering. Um, he he stormed through two Charlton players, um, took a, an almighty challenge and stayed on his feet before uh, rounding the onrushing Charlton keeper and slotting it into the back of the net with his famous left peg. Um, how, how good was that goal, Mark? Oh, man, you've... I I yelled as if, like, it, it was, like, El Ghazi's header at Wembley. I mean, it came off his shoulder, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I I think that's a fantastic goal. And I, I texted a friend of mine, and literally, right after the goal happened, I was like, if Messi would have scored that goal... Even in preseason, that's in the top 10 of every sports outlet in the entire world. I really believe that goal was that great. The presence of mind, the whole thing, you know, being able to, you know, find a way to, to get the ball. The, you know, Charlton at that point's passing it in the back. They're trying to get out of trouble. John McGinn's not having any of it. Storms through the two players. I mean, that, that challenge that he took would have put most other players down on the ground. And that shows John McGinn's determination and his care and his love to be able to do what he did. And then to put the keeper on the seat of his pants and then round him, you know, slightly round him and then throw it in the back of the net i i mean i don't know about you but I, that was probably one of, one of the nicer goals you're probably going to see in preseason uh, i don't want to say for the whole season but that i mean when i think back on this preseason preseason i think myself and other people will remember that john mcginn goal oh yeah most definitely um so what, what have you thought about preseason so far obviously the last game's coming up we've got leipzig uh on saturday um but, you know what have you felt so far you know have, have, have the players impressed uh, is it just a case of you know getting a bit of uh, momentum, getting a bit of fitness? What what are you thinking? For me, it's all about the fitness and the, and just the the motivation to get out there and get better every single time you do it. Um, you know, everyone everyone says and everyone knows preseason doesn't account for much, but I think in terms of when you bring in these many players and you're working on a system, you now have better players than you had the year before trying to work within said system. I think you need these. Um, I saw a couple of supporters this morning that were a little worried about the fact that we're not going up against maybe a high high um, like quality of club like we're not um playing like a real madrid or something like that i don't think villa's at that point quite yet to be trying to throw big big name teams 
you know, to, to have a friendly for. So um, I'm happy with preseason so far. I, I think it, it's doing exactly what, what it's meant to be is to be a fitness test and to get players to gel a little bit, get players around each other, especially, you know, the away games, you know, a little bit of the traveling. We know how camaraderie goes when you're on the buses, the lead up to the game, all that kind of thing. I, I, I don't have any gripes about preseason so far. Villa scoring goals. They're looking tidy in the midfield areas. Uh, goalkeepers haven't had much to do. Um, I, I won't try to sugarcoat that, but I mean, we, we still don't know if it's going to be Jed Steer now Tom Heaton. So, um, what, what about you? Do you think that the preseason's done its job to this point? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. You know, you can see partnerships starting to, to flourish, uh, especially Hotter and Gilbert on the, uh, on the right hand side. Um, and you, you know, you, you can see that players are getting along with each other. Um, I, I, I can't remember what it was after. But um, I've just got a, an image in my mind of uh, Henry Lansbury and Wesley hugging. Um, I think it might have been at the the Warsaw game. Um, but it, you know, it, it was just it's it's been it's it's been a good preseason. It's been a nice preseason. I don't think I've had much to moan about, um, and that, that's that's something new for for being a Villa fan. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what we've done best for a very long time is moan or have complaints or have criticisms about stuff, and there, there's nothing wrong with that when it's deserved. But I think for this preseason, you really can't can't have anything much to moan about. Um, you know, as far as you said, you know the the picture. I know what picture you're talking about with Lansbury and Wesley Huggin. I believe it was after the Walsall game. But that you know again, like I, I say it every you know every once in a while on, the, on this podcast of like sports psychology is a real thing. These guys are out there smiling. They're out there joking around. You're seeing stuff on their Instagram, seeing stuff on their Snapchats where they're joking around, having fun. Jack Grealish is, is melting Don John again with a super soaker. You know what I mean? Like this is like just it seems like oh yeah boys will be boys they're just bantering it's it's great no that 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 matters man that really does when you're when you're in a room and you're a professional athlete you want to be as yourself as you possibly can be i think that's exactly what we're seeing with uh, throughout this preseason i mean it was even evident to me just watching from the stands in minnesota you know especially when the, when the players walked across the field to clap the away support and the guys are still joking around and messing around with each other and i'm like that's that's not not a lot of people will notice it that's a really really big thing for me and long may it last I, I think it's wonderful i think we brought in the right personalities everyone talking bad about you know you have to um you know get all these different personalities and in some cases religions together and make it all gel i i i mean lack of a better term i think it's all bullshit yeah um but you know uh, the, the the men's side aren't aren't the only the only side that has has uh impressed so far in preseason um the the women are a, a few games behind uh the men's schedule but you know, we've got to give them plaudits. Uh, their first friendly against Stoke City women, um, the Villa women, jumped out to a 3-0 lead at half-time. Uh, we've got goals from Shania Hales and a brace from Melissa Johnson. So they were both debutants, um, which is a great, great start for them. Um, the second half wasn't, wasn't much kinder to Stoke City either. Uh, Sophia Haywood um, get on the score sheet and uh, new signing Charlotte Greengrass who was also making a debut so it was three debut goals um, and then the women hosted Everton ladies it, you know it was a great test for, for the squad um, and after a goal this first half uh, Villa fell behind but found ways to score twice to, to, to get the uh, get the three points as it were 
Um, 17-year-old Asmita Ole scored an absolute worldie of a goal. Um, yeah, have you have you been keeping up much with with the the women's preseason, Mark? I have. I saw that goal uh, right right outside of the box, crosses the defender off of her right in the back of the net. I, I mean, it, it it curled into the top left hand side of the net, and I I tell you what, you won't see a prettier goal. But, you know, in a, in a preseason, I mean, we just talked about the John McGinn one. I think Ismita Ali kind of one-upped him a little bit. It was a beautiful goal. And for, for someone so young, a 17-year-old, I, I think that's absolutely wonderful. I would be be hard-pressed to find another preseason goal that looked as nice as that, regardless of the women's or the men's game. She, My hat it goes off to her. That was, that was a hell of a strike. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about the ladies' chances of promotion this season? I think with the additions that they made, and with Gemma, Dam- Gemma Davies at the helm, the manager for the for the Aston Villa women, um, I think they have a chance. I don't want to say that it's maybe too early for them to make that kind of a push, but I I think that it's definitely in the minds of the players due to the investment that they've been given, uh, bringing better quality players in, um, maybe saying goodbye to a couple players you don't necessarily want to say goodbye to. But it's all for the better good of trying to make a, an actual push for promotion. I think that they'll be they'll be around, you know, promotion. I just don't know if it's. I, I think they might be a, a year away yet, and like let, let this core, this new budding, you know, promising core, gel a little bit, and let, like let's see where where we are, you know, a year from now. I I, I don't know. Do you do you think they have an actual like chance of, of like getting an auto up? I think they'll be, uh, for, for want of a better term, there or thereabouts this season. I knew you were going to say it. I <laughs> knew you were going to say it. I, I almost said it, and I knew you were going to say it as soon as I walked around it. I, I knew it. Never again. <laughs> no, I, th- I think they'll be uh, battling for, for top two. I think they'll be in between second and third all season. Um, but w- we we spoke to the Aston Villa women uh, goalkeeper, Sean Rogers. Uh, after the Everton game, um, we'll, we'll, we're going to play you a clip now of, of what she had to say because she's she's relatively excited for the season ahead and she thinks they can challenge for promotion. Find the time away from the women's side uh, and then returning to training in the season. It's one it's one of them at the at the end of the season. You're like when's the break coming? When's the break coming? But then when you're actually in it for the first week, two weeks, you're like, yeah, I like it. And then after a while, you just want to get back playing again. And I think we're all excited to get back, obviously, and just get back playing again. I think that's the main thing and just enjoying football again. Um, with Asia departing. Um, are you kind of, you know, expecting Jen to bring in another keeper and then having a bit of a battle and is that what you want to be pushed? Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think I've got a massive respect for any keeper that comes in. Um, obviously, it'll be a massive help to me having someone there that knows what I'm going through. If I'm going through a bit of a rut, they know what I'm going through and I'll probably lean on them for support. But just someone there as well, just to push her and obviously obviously for me to help them as well. Cause it's, as it is, it's a GK union and you, you've got to be there for each other. Um, what part of your uh, game do you feel you need to improve on? Um, I'm so good. No, I don't, I'd probably just say dealing with like through balls, just being confident enough to come out for it. If I get clattered, I get clattered. I don't mind when I get clattered for a cross, so it's just a, just the same, really. Cool. Um, with the likes of United and Spurs now playing in the WSL, uh, do you think there's a pretty even playing field in the league right now? Definitely. I think everyone 
seize an opportunity now where they think they can push on into that league as well. And I think obviously with those teams departing, I think last season we showed, especially against Spurs here, that we can compete with these teams that are going in. And obviously I think now we've set a standard from last season. I think we've just got to carry that on and try and push push a bit more and obviously expect a bit more from each other. And I think with that, I think we're definitely capable of going into the next league. It's now just making sure that we get the fundamentals right now. So then when we transition up, it's just an easier easier process. And um, after a couple of kind of mid-table finishes with Villa, are you kind of looking uh, forward to trying to kick on and mount a promotion push? Definitely, I think it's something this club needs now. Um, <laughs> that next step is for us, he's pushing for promotion. Uh, finishing mid-table, considering how we started last season, was, I think, tremendous. I think I think a lot of people highlighted in terms of their improvement through the season. But for now, I think we all, ex we all expect and expect each other to be pushing for promotion. And I think the club's ambitions in terms of their backing behind us, we tremendously thank, thank them for it. And obviously, we've just got to repay them back now by putting in the hard work. Have you been impressed um, by kind of the investment that's been put into the team and obviously reflected in a couple of the signings? Yeah, definitely. I, th I think it's just a massive help to us. Um, it shows that the club are willing to take the women the women's side seriously and uh, that, that can only improve not just us as a team but the women's game in general. I think when a, a big team such as Aston Villa backs their women's team, it shows that they're willing to help the women's game. And what's the atmosphere like around the team? Is there a bit of a buzz ahead of the season? Yeah, definitely. I think everyone just wants the season to start. No one really likes pre-season, especially like all the hard work and the fitness. But when the games start rolling, I think uh, everyone's just excited for that now. Now important is the opening game of the season. Obviously, we had a bit of a bad experience last year, but this season is a time to where we've got to really kind of look to kick on from day one. I think, I think for us, uh, the first game of the season can help build our platform for the rest of the season. Obviously, you'd like to win it. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. You've still got games to come after that, but we will definitely be trying to win our first game of the season because it'll stand us in good stead for the rest of the season and obviously give us a bit of momentum going through into the rest of the games. So, you know, what, what do you think of that, Mark? Do you, do you think that, that, you know, that they're going to repay the investment paid by uh, by Perslow and the, and, and the owners or do you, do you think that they're going to struggle come up a little bit short i don't think they're going to struggle i don't think you have an even substandard showing from from the villa women this year i, th I think they'll do well i i just I, it's almost the same thing as the men that a lot of faces got brought in um some of them are for the future some of them for right now some of them are just like what i was saying with heat and you know just being brought in for the experience um i just think that with the investment they've been given and how how highly Perslow speaks to the team I love Gemma Davies as a coach. I think she's she's such such a good personality, and you can tell that she's starting to be a lot more comfortable within the job that she has. I th I think they're going to have a really good season. I just don't know if promotion is going to be there. I don't think they're going to be middle of the pack. I don't I don't think it's it's lower end of the table, but I I think that it's just going to be like they're either right there or they just miss out. I don't I don't think it's a they storm the league. I don't think they're throwing in goals for fun. You know I mean. I would I would love to see that. That'd be great. There's a lot of really really good players now in in the Aston Villa women's side. So it's just going to be an interesting season. It's it's just as interesting as a men's season if you really if you really pay attention to it. And I think you know it's it's blown wide open with the uh, the the departure of Manchester United women and Tottenham Hotspur, um, who obviously got promoted last season. So you know th th there's there's no better chance than now, but it's not the end of the world if it doesn't come off. 
Right. Yeah. I don't, that's, that's what I was saying. Like, we'll, we'll see how, where we're at like a year, you know, maybe halfway into the season next season. I don't think it's going to be something where like they have to go up. Like the, the club's looking for them to absolutely, you know, 100% go up. I don't, I don't think it's that necessary. It's, it's almost like the same situation we had last year to, you know, with the men's side, Dean Smith comes in. Okay. If we stayed on, at least, you know, we have owners that have a little bit of a bankroll to, to keep us positive. I think you're seeing a little bit that with the ladies now, I, I'm excited for it. I really am. I mean, I, I, I have the, the schedule on my phone. You know, I, I put the schedule on my phone, and I, I, it's going to be tough for me over here in the States seeing some of the games. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can to keep up with them because they're deserving of that. They're, they're a really good squad of players. Like I said, I absolutely adore the manager. I, I think she's doing doing a great job. So, um, for me, I, I think they're going to be around promotion. I don't think they, they slide anywhere lower than that. And I think that's probably the best time to wrap it up. Um as always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, give us some feedback on uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to leave it. Give us a, a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Uh, give us a follow on Spotify, all that jazz. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp. You can follow us on Instagram at Under a Gaslit Lamp and on Facebook forward slash Under a Gaslit Lamp. Uh, for those of you who have purchased a magazine or pre-ordered a magazine, um, the print should be ready on Friday. So I will be sending those out uh, from Friday and Saturday onwards. So you should be receiving those within the next week or two. Um, I hope that everyone enjoys their weekend. Uh, hopefully we can get a result against Leipzig. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Up the Villa.